Hey, it's Pastor Mike. Before we get started with today's episode, I want to encourage you to check out our other Time of Grace podcasts, like Bible Threads with Dr. Bruce Becker. Uh, Bruce has an amazing way of going deep on some of the coolest things in the Bible, teaching us things that maybe we never learned before, despite years and years of Bible reading. If you're interested, just search for Bible Threads wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And now on to today's episode. We are looking at the life of Daniel this week. And yesterday we saw that Daniel got, had an immediate challenge to his faith right off the bat when he and his buddies were taken into the nation of Babylon after King Nebuchadnezzar over Babylon. He came in and he defeated, he defeated the Israelites. But Daniel passed the test and now things were good. He had a place of a, a pretty high position of authority and things are looking really good. <laughs> but in chapter two, another test comes up really, really quickly. And the test comes from Nebuchadnezzar himself, the king who had had a dream. And it was a dream that was very vivid and a dream that was very troubling. He thought it might mean something. And so King Nebuchadnezzar had a lot of different people employed as his wise men, as uh, the people who had great understanding and who could maybe interpret a dream or giving some explanation as to, as to what this meant. And so he brought in all of his wise men and, uh, and he said, I had a dream, I want you to tell me what it means. And so the wise men, they say to him, well, tell us what the dream was. But Nebuchadnezzar said, no. He said, because I want you, I want to make sure that you are giving me the actual, the actual meaning of this dream. And just, I don't want to tell you the dream and then you make something up and I have no idea if you're telling me the truth. So King Nebuchadnezzar said, he said, I want you to tell me what my dream was and then also tell me the meaning. And how do you think they responded? They said, this, this can't happen. Said, there's no way we know what your dream was. We didn't dream the same dreams and we weren't, you know, we weren't, we weren't there. We have no idea what that was. That's, that's impossible. There's nobody on the face of the earth who can do that. And King Nebuchadnezzar said, well, fine, then you guys are useless. And so he ordered that all of the wise men in his entire kingdom be killed. He said, you're useless to me. And among those wise men were Daniel and his friends. And so there was now an order that Daniel and his friends were going to be, were going to be killed, even though it seems that they weren't in that initial group that, uh, that talked to the king. So, this, uh, so word gets out that King Nebuchadnezzar had decreed that all the wise people in the kingdom, uh, those who had been appointed to those positions, that their lives were suddenly going to end. Daniel heard about this and he asked, well, what's going on? And then somebody told him, well, the king had a dream. He wants someone to interpret it. But he also wants the person who interprets it, interprets it to tell him what the dream was, which is impossible, of course. So Daniel asked for permission to talk to the king. He said, before, before the king carries this out, can I go talk to the king? And it seems that the guy went to see if Daniel would be able to talk to the king. And then Daniel, he went to his friends and he told his friends, I want you to pray. He said, it looks like we might have an opportunity here. I want you to pray. And uh, he prayed, they prayed three things. He prayed for mercy. He said, pray that God will have mercy on us, that his heart will go out to us, that he will see us in the hard position that we are in and that he will do something. That's what mercy is. Number two, he prayed very specifically, um, God, give us the ability to do what the king is asking here. Give us insight into what the dream was and then give us the ability to interpret it. And then the third part of the prayer, it wasn't asking for anything. They ended their prayer by praising God. By praising God. By believing that God was going to be good to them, even though they hadn't yet seen how God was going to answer the prayer. And so they got done praying those things and Daniel gets an audience with the king. And the king comes up to Daniel and he says, he says, I had a dream and I heard that you might be able to tell me the dream, that you might be able to tell me the meaning of the dream, that you have this incredible ability to do this. Uh, are you able to do these things? And do you know what Daniel said? He looked at the king and he said, well, no, I can't do that. 
<laughs> he, said, he said, I can't do that, which might be surprising because you just never know when a king who's in a position of authority like that, who has a tendency to just throw people away, uh, he might just lose it in the moment and throw and throw him away. But, but he didn't. He, uh, he kept Daniel around for long enough uh, that Daniel was able to finish his sentence when he said, no, I can't do that, but my God can. My God can. And God had given him insight into what, uh, into what the dream was. And he, uh, Daniel, he just, he wanted God to get full credit for everything that was going on there. When he was in a position when nobody would have blamed him for making, for trying to make himself look good to, uh, to keep, to keep his head literally maybe, um, or to get a, or to get a higher position. But he put that at risk because he was, he so strongly wanted God to get full credit for anything good that might come from this. And then he told, and then he told Nebuchadnezzar the dream. He said, um, and it was a dream of a statue. And there were different parts of the statue. The upper part was made of one type of material and then the next part was made of another type of material and the next part and a couple, a couple different sections of the statue. Um, and the different sections of the statue, they represent they represented different kingdoms. The top part of the statue, which was the most glorious, represented King Nebuchadnezzar. And then the next part represented the kingdom that would come after him. And then the next part represented the kingdom that would come after him and the next part the kingdom that would come after him and, you know, different uh, all the way all the way down. But in the... In the dream, a large stone from heaven was thrown at the statue and just obliterated the whole thing. And the different, uh, the different, uh, the different parts of the statue that were obliterated, the winds just carried them away, and as if it had never existed in the first place. And then the rock became um, just became so massive that it overtook the whole world. And he told him that this is what the dream means. He said, "King Nebuchadnezzar, your kingdom represents that top one, and then you know we just told him uh, represents the other ones. But there's something that's more powerful than you, and that is, and that is God." The rock stands for God. And not surprising, there are other places in the Bible where God is called our rock, something solid that cannot be broken, that cannot be defeated. Uh, and there's encouragement for us in that, that God is a rock, and in particular contrast to the different kingdoms of the earth, there's an encouragement to don't get so stressed out about politics. <laughs> don't get so worried when the nations in the world are going at each other's throats and, uh, well, if this person gets elected or if that person doesn't get elected, then all is lost God, God oversees it all. And he's not unaware of all these different things that are going on. He is a rock that's much bigger than any of those kingdoms, any of them. Uh, so that's an encouragement for us to be calm and remember that God is, that God is a rock. But there are, other, there are other encouragements there too. Related to the prayer, when you're going through a tough time and when you're, you're in a tough situation, that's great guidance for how we ought to pray too. Remember that our God is a merciful God. That God does see us in our pain. He does see us when we hurt. He sees us when we're troubled and confused and lost and broken. He sees that and his heart goes out to us. We see that so clearly at the cross that God has mercy on us, even our self-inflicted wounds, and he heals us from them. And so pray to God appealing to his mercy. He is a merciful God. And then pray very specifically about whatever it is that's going on in your life. There's so many promises in the Bible related to prayer, but pray very specifically. There's a passage in the book of James that points out one of the reasons we might not have good things in our life that we feel like we should. It says, well, you don't have them because you haven't taken the time to ask them, to ask God for those things. So take the time, pray very specifically. He answered Daniel's prayer very specifically here. And then thirdly, don't forget to give God credit. Uh, credit before he answers your prayer, an act of faith saying, God, I trust you with my life. I trust you to answer this prayer and I praise you no matter what. And then certainly also credit after it's all done. Um, you know, Daniel was quick to give credit to God before he showed Nebuchadnezzar that he was God and that he knew what was going on. 
but, uh, but we have a great God who pays such close attention to you. And in this way, God, God witnessed, God showed his glory through Daniel in a way that had a major impact on King Nebuchadnezzar. After he got done with all the, with the, with the dream, with the dream telling and interpreting, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, he fell, it says he fell before Daniel. He paid him honor in order that an offering and incense be presented to him, which Daniel probably said, eh, you know, I don't want to do this. But then the king said to Daniel, he said, surely your God is the God of gods. And again, another reminder why it was so important for Daniel to be in that uncomfortable position. So that one other soul might see the God of gods. I don't know that King Nebuchadnezzar would have seen the true God otherwise, but he saw him through Daniel. And I bet you there's somebody out there today who needs to see him through you.